Welcome, welcome to uh, the first Sunday of the year uh, at Action Church. Really excited that you're here with us, both here at Winter Park Sanford and uh, Oviedo as well. And uh, excited that you're worshiping with us here at our new 1045 uh, experience. Uh, if you are crowded at any of our locations, we do have about 100 seats here at Winter Park and a couple hundred uh, at the 1215. Or I just, I love that you're here. I really love a full room. And so just keep coming here and sitting in traffic and we just love to have you here. And so... Uh, a couple of uh, things uh, before we, we get started. We do have our, uh, uh, our prayer and fasting starting. Come on, this weekend. At, uh, it's always a smattering of applause. Uh, we're going to talk more about it in just a moment. But we will be here uh, at 630 at Winter Park at Sanford and got a special uh, online uh, kind of devotion for you as well. Just want to encourage you this year to start off uh, on the right foot. Uh, just so I'll be really honest, really transparent with you. It is my favorite and least favorite week of the year. And so I am not the, the, the holiest pastor you've ever met. I hate fasting. Hate it. Hate fasting, love the results spiritually of, of fasting. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about it uh, in just a moment. I want to give you uh, kind of the theme uh, for our fast uh, kind of the theme for our, our year. We're going to take the next 10 weeks uh, after this week and, and go through a series on our reaction statements, our, our values here at Action Church. If you're new here, we are about to celebrate in three weeks our 10-year anniversary, which means we're heading into... Great. Already. You guys are already better than the first service. I just got to let you know. Like, I, I didn't get a clap to at least 13 minutes and 37 seconds in. And so we're not keeping stats, but that's when it was. We are celebrating uh, our 10-year anniversary, walking into to year 11, really believing uh, it's, a, it's a new season. It's a new decade and really have some focuses for uh, our church. And I'm going to remind us and really give us some, some new ideas and revelation on who we're going to be through our 10 statements. But I, but I wanted to lay a foundation today. I want to lay a foundation for our fast, and I want to lay a foundation uh, for our year. The, the idea, the theme that God uh, gave me in leading our church, and even me personally, is this is a year to restore and rebuild. Restore and rebuild. How many of you have ever uh, gone uh, the undertaking of a restoration or a rebuilding? Have you ever done a, a home remodel of any size, shape, or form here at Action Church? Come on, you know, you know it sounds like a good idea. You have ideas, you have dreams, you have plans. We could do this and we could move this and we could change this. And then you get into the middle of it. And you're like, can I change you? <laughs> Come on, you don't realize how many opinions you have. They're different maybe than your spouse or your family until you start trying to pick uh, fixtures and furnishings and paint colors. You don't know how many different shades of white there could be and that you could disagree on white. <laughs> That's great. No, it's brown. No, it's beige. No, it's white. I like these counters. I like these remodels, restoring, rebuilding and stuff. By the time you get through it, you wish, I wish I just would have started over new. You know what I mean? Like I wish we would have just would have bought that new place or rented that new place because there's some challenges when it comes to restoring and rebuilding. There's some challenge that comes when we're 
remodeling something. I want to use a passage in the book of Jeremiah. We're actually going to be in Jeremiah today and Ezra. We actually see the same concept being referenced in uh, Acts chapter 15 in the New Testament as well. I really believe that, that God wants to take us as a church and as individuals on a journey of restoring and rebuilding some things. We find this passage in Jeremiah chapter 30 and in Ezra 3 talking about the people of God, the people of Israel, who when the temple was destroyed, the temple that Solomon built and Jerusalem was destroyed and the people of God were taken into exile into Babylon, we see something that happens here as they come back years later, decades later, generation later, we see them being called to rebuild Jerusalem and in Ezra rebuild the temple. And spiritually speaking, uh, the temple of God back then was a place. Now, through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we are the temple of God. And I believe this word is not just for what God wants to do in Action Church in 2024. I believe, as you and I, as believers, as followers of Jesus, as spiritually the, the temple of the Holy Spirit, I believe He's calling us to return from some things that held us in captivity for some things that we did or were done to us that caused us to, to be in ruins or be destroyed or be distracted or be removed from the place that God has for us. I believe he's calling us back and seeing this in Jeremiah 30 and in Ezra 3, I think we're, we're seeing what God wants to do in restoring and rebuilding our life and restoring and beginning to renovate, remodel and rebuild what he is doing here through us as a church. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 18. This is what the Lord says. When I bring back Israel home again from captivity and restore their fortunes, Jerusalem will be rebuilt on its ruins and the palace reconstructed as before. There will be joy and songs of thanksgiving and I will multiply my people, not diminish them. I will honor them, not despise them. Their children will prosper as they did long ago. I will establish them as a nation before me and I will punish anyone who hurts them. A journey personally and congregationally of restoring and rebuilding. Restore means to bring back to a previous practice or custom or situation to, to reinstate something or to repair or, or renovate a building, a work of art, a vehicle so as to return it as to its original condition, or even better, to restore what may have been lost. To rebuild something is to, to build something again, to build something new after it was damaged or destroyed, to rebuild something that is old as if it were new. Matthew chapter four, verse 19, Jesus is, is calling uh, his first disciples in these specific group he's talking to in Matthew chapter four, he says, uh, lay, lay down your nets and, and follow me. He says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. I wanna give you four things that have to do with you this morning, and then I wanna give us one collective thing that we're supposed to do together. Because I need you to know that God loves you so much. His greatness has a big plan, miraculous signs and wonders. His goodness is personal enough just to love you right where you are. I need you to know today that God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. 
When he met these, these fishermen, when he met these early disciples, he didn't say, hey, come on, I have something for you to do. He said, follow me, because he knew he had to give them something before he expected something from them. I think too often we get burnout, we get uh, uh, tired, we get weary in our resolutions, in our new year, in our faith, in our calling, because we try to give out of a place that we have nothing in reserve. But what I want to make sure we get today before we talk about restoring and rebuilding and the vision that God has for this year, the next decade of Action Church, I want to make sure that we allow the Holy Spirit to do something in us before he expects us to walk out and do something through us. I want him to restore and rebuild some things in us first, and then, then we can be a part of the plan to restore and rebuild what he's calling us to do in our cities, in our communities, our nation, in the world. Here's the first of the four that are for you. Write this down if, if you're taking notes today. Restore and rebuild my personal faith. I believe in these next seven days as we enter into prayer and fasting, as we enter into this year, 2024, I really believe that we should pray that God would restore and rebuild our personal faith. Like your relationship with God. And fasting, although physically and fleshly I hate it, is the most strategic way in which we can allow God to build, to restore our personal faith. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that every believer should, should have. And we should all do it. What it does is, is it allows us to turn down the volume of the world. I don't know if you know this before, before but you are a three-part being. You are flesh, you are a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and then you are a spirit. The part of us that connects to God, our spirit connects to his spirit. The part of us that's made in the image of God is our spirit. The part that lives forever is our spirit. The part that is eternal is our spirit. The part that is transformed when we meet Jesus is our spirit. But if you're like me, oftentimes the spirit is the last thing leading my life. Can we be honest today? Anybody led by your emotions? Anybody led by your flesh? You have some desires, you have some thoughts, you have some, some hunger. Come on, what fasting does is, see prayer, we do them together. Why? Because prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. It allows our spirit to elevate over everything else because we say no to some things that we love for something that we love even more, and that is the presence of God. Fasting is not something that you prove how spiritual you are. Well, I fast more than you. But Jesus talks to the Pharisees and says, you've already wasted all the results of your fasting by walking around and puffing up your chest and talking about how spiritual you are. And fasting is not about beating somebody else. God is calling you. I believe if you call Action Church Home, God is calling you to fast something. Something that you're laying down. Just to be honest, uh, for, for years I was able to fast and I would fast water only for several days or a couple weeks. But now do some physical stuff that I found out last year physical. I can't do that anymore. I have to add some different things. But I, I can't just say I'm not going to fast anything. And you can't fast things that you don't like. Well, I'm going to fast green beans. When's the last time you had green beans? I'm not eating any salads this week. No, give up something and don't make it religious. And if you've never done it, just start somewhere. Give up your favorite show and spend time reading your Bible. 
Give up a meal. Give up a snack. But do something that challenges you to say no to your flesh, to say no to your soul, to your, your emotions, and say yes, say yes to God. I believe as your spirit begins to rise higher in its value and priority than your soul and your flesh, I believe that God's gonna meet you there. God wants to rebuild and restore your personal faith. That requires some other disciplines as well. I'm just believing this year will be the first year that you really value the word of God. When even it's just verse of the day, a new version, a, a chapter a day, a chapter a week, just begin to allow the word of God. Pastor, God's never spoke to me. Well, if you haven't opened the Bible, you've missed a few thousand pages of him speaking to you. It's God's word, living and active, and allow him to lead you. And begin to worship. I promise you, worship needs to happen more than just once a week for 20 or 30 minutes. It actually may be the most important spiritual discipline that you get this year. That The word of God is the foundation. The presence of God is the foundation. But just for you and your everyday life, like when you, when you take the weight off of everything and you allow the Holy Spirit to come in, that's what worship is. It's worship. You're reminding yourself that you're not in control, that he is worthy, that he is God, and that you are not. There is a, a freeness and a weightlessness that happens when you say, God, I'm not in control. You are. God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. Well, I'm called to do great things this year. Well, in the kingdom of God, you're called to be a follower before you're called to be a leader. He said, come and follow me. And then, 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 I will make you fishers of men. What that means is our following of Jesus is our first priority as a Christian. What we do for him is secondary. In fact, we can never, how could we do what we think he wants us to do if we're not following him first. You can't give something away that you don't possess. Therefore, we need a healthy relationship with God full of his grace, full of his mercy, full of his hope, full of his compassion. We get that by spending time with him. Then from that place, we can give it away. God, re restore and rebuild my, my personal faith. Second thing, write this down. Restore and rebuild my past. Anybody ever done anything they regret in here? Liars. <laughs> Mostly in the stadium and at Oviedo. Anybody, anybody ever had anything that, that happened to them that, that hurt them, scarred them, that was heavy in your life? We all have. We need to pray over these next seven days, over this year. God, before you do something through me, do something in me, and I need you to restore and rebuild my past. A couple practical things that we have at Action Church is our action recovery. It happens at multiple locations. You can find that information online. It is such a powerful ministry here. And then our freedom curriculum starting in just a few weeks. I believe every Action Church member should go through freedom 13 weeks of curriculum, learning about the freedom you can walk in, and then a powerful weekend in which you hear uh, stories and scriptures and then have a chance to have moments of ministry where we can really break free. I believe this could be the year where God restores and redeems some things. He changes some things. It says they returned to Jerusalem. They returned to the temple, and they were going to rebuild on the foundations of the ruins. I need to remind somebody today that you cannot you cannot redeem yourself and you cannot walk into your future while still staring at the ruins of your past. 
God can redeem it, but you have to give it to him. It's not something, it's not something that I've just read or seen or experienced through other people. I'm here to tell you today that, that God can redeem any situation. I know it doesn't feel like it when you're in the middle of captivity. Have you been there before? Maybe you're there right now. Where you hear something like that and you're like, yes, but not for me. I get it, but you don't know my situation. Can I just tell you, it's never going to feel like God can redeem it right in the middle of it. But I'm here to tell you, not just because there's scripture, not just because there's testimonies. I'm here to tell you from my own personal experience that there is hope. Well, when's he going to redeem it? I have no idea. But I know that you don't have to walk through it alone. I know that he can take the worst moments of your life and bring healing to them. And here's what I'm here to tell you. Oftentimes, the most painful situations that the enemy meant to destroy you, God is going to use those exact same things for your healing, for others' benefit, and for his glory. What I'm saying is God restores and, and, and rebuilds our past because this next point, he has a plan to restore and rebuild your purpose. And oftentimes your greatest purpose is linked to the most painful things in your life. Things that the enemy meant to destroy that God brings for good. Things that, just from my own personal experience, from childhood and from adult relationships and betrayal, the very things that took me to the lowest moments are the very things that qualify me to now lead in my purpose. Why? Because God redeems and he makes new. Your pain in the hands of God can turn into your greatest purpose. We say this all the time. I said it just a few months ago. There's so many new people here in a new season. Your past will always be your present until you present it to God. You gotta give him access to everything. I believe he wants to take those seasons of captivity, set you free, heal you, and the lessons you learned the faithfulness that you saw, the goodness of God that brought you out of it, he wants you to share with other people. That's the power of our testimony, by the way. We overcome by the blood of Jesus and the power of the words of our testimony. Why? Because we've experienced the things of God. If you've never experienced anything, you can't relate to anything. So God is gonna use those darkest moments He's going to allow you to light up somebody else's life with those. Restore and rebuild my past. Restore and rebuild my purpose. I need to remind somebody today that there is nothing that God can't redeem. Nothing. There's nothing that he can't redeem. There's nothing that he can't heal. There's nothing that he can't set you free from. But you got to give it to him. You got to release it. You got to give him access. Here's the next thing, write this down. Restore and rebuild my personal relationships. Come on, restore and rebuild my personal relationships. You need some new friends in this next season. Some of you got some bad friends. 
For real. If you're the best at everything in your friend group, you're not going anywhere. Well, think about it. If you're, everybody you surround yourself with, you're ahead of, you're going to begin to slow down. So you need some people in your life. Yes, you need people to encourage. Yes, you need people in your life to, to be uh, accountability. Yes, you need people to, to lift up. But you need somebody in your life to follow. Yes, it's Jesus first. But you need some, you need some better friends, some better mentors, some people that challenge you to be more like Jesus. If you don't have those people in your life, we have small groups starting. We have our team that you can jump on through action steps. There are literally thousands of people just waiting for you to, to come to a group or come to a team to be in relationship. And we don't have it all together, but I guarantee you at a church our size, one of the gifts of a large church is you can find somebody at your location in your road that has experienced what you've experienced, that has gone through what you've gone through and maybe a step ahead. They can encourage you. They can guide you. They can help you. They can correct you. You need some better friends. God, restore and rebuild my personal relationships Emotionally speaking, spiritually speaking, I want you to ask these two questions over the next week. Who this year will I forgive? Who this year will I forgive? Well, Pastor, you don't know what they did. I know. I know I don't know what they did, but you and I both know what you did. We never deserve the forgiveness that we've received from Jesus. As Christians, we don't have the right to withhold forgiveness because we've freely been given it, freely received it, we freely give it. And that, that sounds super spiritual. If you can't get behind the spiritual answer, which is the biblical answer, eventually we should just find ourselves in a, in a place spiritually that we submit to what God's word says regardless of how we feel about it. But let's say we're not there yet. You need to forgive them because you need it. They don't need it. If they hurt you, they don't care about you. More than likely which means they're not worried about how you're doing. You're over, the, over here ruining your life, following them on Facebook, seeing everything about them, never letting it go, just always on it, and they haven't thought about you in years. You're, it's ruining your life. You need to forgive somebody, not for them, but for you. I'm not talking about reconciliation. I'm not talking about new boundaries. I'm not talking about unsafe things. I'm talking about the posture of your heart saying, I have been forgiven by God of all of my shortcomings and sins, and I will no longer hold on to this offense and this bitterness that's keeping me from my future. You cannot walk into your future. You cannot rebuild and restore staring at the ruins. One of the biggest things that will keep you from all that God has for you, keep you from restoring your building, keep you, hear this today, keep you in captivity is bitterness and unforgiveness. Who will I forgive this year? Second thing, you need to open up your heart again to the right people, to the right people. Who will I trust this year? Who will I trust this year to speak into my life? That's not a large group of people. That's not a blog or an article. I'm asking, will you allow the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit to speak into your life? And will you allow a few people that he orchestrates, that he anoints and appoints to put in your life, to speak into your life? Who will you trust? Who will you allow in to make you better, to make you more like Jesus? We need the right people speaking into our life. Wise people. Amen. Come on, wise, wise counsel. We can't find wisdom from people that aren't wise. 
Too many of us are taking opinions from people that we shouldn't be listening to. If you don't want anything in your life to look like them, stop listening to their opinion. Who are you, who are you going to trust this year? Let's go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, where it says this. It says, come follow me. And I will send you out to fish for, for people. We got to follow but before we fish. We got to get these four things that God's going to build my personal faith. He's going to redeem and heal my past. He has a redemptive calling. He has a purpose for me. And he has some people that he's going to bring alongside me that he needs in my life for, for me to accomplish what he's calling me to accomplish. Because here's the last thing, what we're called to do together, what I believe the word is for our church we talked about it personally before our church is to restore and rebuild God's house. That he is calling us back, just like the people of Israel, to come back to the places, to our communities, to our cities, and to renovate and redeem and restore some things. The three areas that I want to focus on this year, the first one is, is sacrifice. That's not a popular word in 2024. It wasn't in 2023. It's not anywhere in the Western culture. We don't want to sacrifice. We want to prosper. I don't want to sacrifice. I want to be a success. Well, the Bible calls us to, to lay down our life, pick up our cross and follow Jesus. A, a life of discipleship, a life of following Jesus will require sacrifice. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That means when we don't think like he thinks, we change. Is anybody like me that oftentimes what you feel like doing is different than what God is calling you to doing? Am I the only one in here? Everybody in the back's like, no, I always line up with God's word. Perfectly. God says that I do it. Praise Jesus. So faithful. No, there's sacrifice. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk to that person. I don't want to forgive that person. I want to walk that way. I don't want to give that. I don't want sacrifice. Second thing, generosity. Generosity. And we are going to go into a season, year 11, Acts chapter 2, where we're all in on it. They met from house to house. They met in the temples and they shared everything that they had. And the Lord added to their number daily. We're going to have opportunities this year. I'm going to talk about it at our 10-year anniversary. Opportunities to to be more generous through our next generation ministries, through uh, our students and our kids at preschools, through our, our missions, through our local community benefit and our, our national missions and our international missions, the expansion of, of our locations and permanent facilities. We're gonna, we're gonna restore and rebuild, but renovations, they take investment. They, they take resources. Lives need to be changed, which means people need to be reached, and that's gonna take generosity. Here's the last one. I believe God's calling us into sacrifice, generosity. Last one is compassion. Restoring and rebuilding our compassion for, for our neighbors, for our community. You know, to go on a journey of restoring and rebuilding this, in this, under this banner of compassion, you got to do what I think is, is four things. Write this down. It won't be on the screen. It's not, it's not going to be on the screen, but I need you to write down. First, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta see the need. If you can't see the needs around you, your head's buried in the sand. There's needs all around you. In your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in our city. We can see the needs. Here's the second step, you gotta feel the need. Not fill, F-I-I-L, F-E-E-L. 
That's quick spelling for an Alabama boy. Got a little nervous halfway through that. You know what I mean? Come on. I need, I need spell check and a calculator at all times. I got halfway through. It was like, yeah, F-I-L-L. Yeah, yeah, great. Good job. Don't let them know how stupid you are. We got to feel it. You got to feel it. A little thing called empathy. A little thing called putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Trying to understand somebody else's journey and story. How did they get there? If we're really going to operate in compassion, if we're really going to be able to allow God to restore and rebuild our lives and do the same, we got we to see the need, we got to feel the need, and then we got to meet the need, which is going to take sacrifice and generosity. All that, we could arrange the meeting with Jesus. Because we believe at Action Church, social justice is just a step towards spiritual justice, which is the real justice, which is the only justice that can save somebody's eternity. See it, feel it, meet it, and then arrange the meeting with Jesus. Practically, what does that mean? We're adding more services at multiple locations this year in the coming months. We're going to need more team members and, and more generosity and more sacrifice. Some of our rooms are, are very full, like the ones you're sitting in right now. We're going to have more community partnerships and programming. You say, Pastor, I want to reach our community. We have an option. Pastor, I, I can't serve on Sunday. I, I can't serve. I want to serve Tuesday at 10 a.m. We got you. We got an opportunity. Wednesday, 11 p.m., done. Hundreds, listen to me, hundreds of opportunities every month for you to go and help somebody to meet a need and arrange a meeting. I want to make a difference this year. I promise you, log on to our website, get with a location pastor, call the office, just show up somewhere. I guarantee you we got something, something for you to do, more opportunities to be generous, more opportunities to, to reach and to connect people. This is not a, a, a new thing. This is not a revolutionary message. This is not like, oh, this God, God's going to do something here he's never done before. God has been in the restoration and the rebuilding business since the Old Testament. Yes, it was a temple then, and now it's you and me, and the work of God is in and through people, not just gathering at a place to experience his presence. We carry his presence everywhere, but he's got to pull us out of captivity He's got to redeem and restore and rebuild some things in us so that we can do it in other people. We see the temple being rebuilt. I think, I don't think it's a stretch this morning to talk about the temple being rebuilt in Ezra 3 and talk about what he wants to do in us and through us in 2024. Ezra chapter 3, verse 10. When the builders completed the foundation of the Lord's temple, they see they came back. To, to, to rebuild the temple because it had been destroyed. Remember we talked about earlier, Solomon's temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians there in exile. And what's crazy is in this story, there would have been two types of people. We're gonna see that in a moment. People that had never been to Jerusalem before. There would have been thousands of people that were born in captivity. They, they'd never experienced Jerusalem. They'd never seen the temple that Solomon built. So they're back here laying a foundation in something they had never seen before. And then we have a group of people that are returning, an older generation, an older generation that had seen the prominence, that had seen Jerusalem standing, that had seen the temple standing. Both groups of people, both old and new, back here to be a part of restoring and rebuilding the same thing. The priests put on their robes and took their places to, to blow the trumpets. And the Levites, descendants of Aspha, clashed their cymbals and praised the Lord, just as King David had prescribed 
With praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Notice the foundation was poured and they were worshiped. There is no greater foundation than your relationship with Jesus. There is no foundation for this season of restoring and rebuilding. There's no foundation in your life or congregationally in our church that any foundation other than our walk with God, our faith in God, our relationship with God. Everything in your life, we say it all the time, is more spiritual than you think which means the fight is always first a spiritual battle before it's an emotional or a practical battle. Then all of the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. But many of the older priests, check this out, verse 12, many of the older priests, the Levites and other leaders who had seen the first temple wept aloud when they saw the new temple's foundation. We may misinterpret that. We'll get to that in just a moment. The others. So the older people wept. The the new people, the others, however, people that had never been there before were, were shouting for joy. And the joyful shouting and weeping mingled together. It mingled together. You're going to see the importance of that in just a moment. It mingled together in a loud noise that could be heard, could be heard even from a distance. The word weeping there is not what you think. It's not a sadness. It's not a being overwhelmed. It's actually the word baka in Hebrew. And it means to be overwhelmed emotionally in joy. So we have an older generation that is overwhelmed with joy and gratitude because they knew what it was. They knew what was lost and now they see it being rebuilt again. We have a newer generation that's just happy to be there. There are three types of people in our auditoriums today. Two of us fit into this story. One of you uh, does not quite yet. The third is the people that don't know Jesus are not currently following Jesus. And we're gonna settle that in, in just a few moments. We'll give you an opportunity to meet Jesus. But as Christ followers, as Christians, as people of God, this is the people of Israel returning to the temple. As the people of God returning to his presence, there are two types of us. As we walk into year 11 and celebrate all that God has done, there are two people. There are the new people that are just happy that something's happening. You just can't believe it. The worship, the baptisms, the kids the Freedom Conference, the outreaches, Easter, 10,000 people. Just so excited and we need it. God, we need it. Those that have been around for 10 years need the excitement. Like you're super saved, a little too saved, a little too saved. It's too much. Turn down the weirdness just a little bit. But don't turn down the excitement. Because it's new. I can't believe it. I can't believe a hundred people just got baptized. I can't, I can't believe that, that this, I can't believe that dozens of people just got freedom and recovery. I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't, I can't believe it. But the new people need the older people that remember. God, there's been some high highs. But man, 10 years, there's been some wolos. And the new people need the old people because we can remind you, hey, 
captivity may be what it is right now, but that's not God's plan. You can't get to the mountain without walking through the valley. I promise you, you're gonna be okay. I promise you, we're gonna get through this. I promise you, we're gonna see God restore and rebuild. We need the fresh, the freshness and we need the experience because combined, we have a family, we have a unit. Ezra chapter three, verse one says, they were united in purpose. They had different experiences. They had different backgrounds. They had different time in, but they were united in purpose. When the old people get weary, we need the encouragement, the freshness. When the new people get discouraged, you need some power. You need some hope. You need some, hey, we're going to do this together. Restoration is not just about what it used to be. It's not just about what God did. It's about what could be. What could be? What could be in your marriage? What could be with your kids? What could be in your future? Come on, restoration and rebuilding, renovating is not fun. I've never done it personally. I have to pay somebody because I'm not good at it. Don't let that be your story this year. Don't watch somebody else do what you're called to do. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's got dust. It's got distractions. It's got delays. It's got all of these things. And when you want to quit, just go back and look at the blueprint. Go back and look at the pictures. This is what it's gonna look like. This is what it could be. This is what I believe God is calling me to. And in the worst moments of the process, if you will look at what it could be, I'm believing God will give you the hope and the faith and the perseverance to walk through it. And it will be, nobody restores and rebuilds to return it just to the same thing. I'm believing that it will be even better than before. Let's go into this week. Let's go into this year. Let's go into this decade saying, God, restore and rebuild in me so that you can restore and rebuild through me and have a filter of God. What could it be? And then allow me to be faithful to trust you every step of the way. Church, every head bowed and every eye closed in all of our locations this morning. I want to give you an opportunity right now to, to make the most important decision you could ever make in your life, and that is a decision to follow Jesus. You know right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. He needs to redeem and restore and rebuild some things in your life. You know he has a plan for you, but that first step is a foundation. That foundation is a relationship with Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the perfect son of God second part of the Trinity. He was fully God, but he made himself fully man. Why? He came to, to take our place. He lived a perfect life because you and I could not. He died a sinner's death because that's what we deserved. He was raised to new life, giving us victory over sin in the grave. How do we receive that relationship? We repent and we surrender. We stop walking our own way. We return. We follow Jesus. We surrender our life to him. Romans says we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. And when we give him that place, complete control, everything can change. If you wanna do that today, here at Winter Park, Sanford, Oviedo, you wanna make that decision for the first time ever? Or maybe today's a restart, a recommitment. I don't know what happened, I don't know if it was a past or a person, some valley in your life that caused you to to doubt, but you know today I want to restore and I want to rebuild. 
And I, I know it starts with allowing the Holy Spirit to do that through me. And he does that as I give my life back to Jesus. So for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life. I'd love to pray for you. So if that's you across all of our locations, say, I want to see God restore and rebuild my life. And I'm accepting Jesus as my Lord and my savior today. Would you raise your hand right where you are and say, I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I got hands up all in the middle, probably six or eight or 10. A couple more here in the back. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Got you over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three or four. Yes, sir. Back in the corner. Yes, sir. Right there in the middle. Come on, the stadium. I can't see you quite as good, but I know God can. Just a couple more moments. Come on, Sanford, Novito. Somebody joining us online. Best decision you can make in your life. You can put your hands down. If you raised your hand, would you pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud? Say this, say, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a savior and I repent from those sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And I give you that place, complete control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us. I pray as we walk through this week, seeking you more than anything else, I pray that you'd restore and rebuild our personal faith, restore and rebuild our past, restore and rebuild the purpose you have for us. God, restore and rebuild some relationships we need do everything that you need to do in us so that we can come together collectively and we can begin to restore and rebuild God's house because people need what we have received. God, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate all the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate them. So proud of you.